This is the John Nuzzo Leadership Podcast. Welcome to this month's podcast where we're on a journey of, of the six values that, that helped build the church that Michelle and I pastor, Victory Family Church. This fall will be 29 years that, that we've pastored here at the time of this taping. And God has done so much, but people on my team, particularly Matt Gates, our executive pastor, said, Pastor, you've never really defined the values from which you and Michelle have made decisions and made choices. Because the fact of it is, choices come out of values. And if you try to make wise choices without the right values, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to do. Because a value-driven person will be calm in the middle of storms, not because they're supernaturally different than anyone else, but because values make decisions before you get somewhere. Values give me my yes and no before the moment ever arrives. They become a lighthouse that provide direction in the midst of any storm of life. Doesn't mean the storm isn't difficult and overwhelming, but values matter. This is the sixth of them, and, and, and you can go back over the last five months of our podcast to get to catch up. But each one of them really is standalone. But the sixth value I want to immediately get into today with you, and it's this, take faith risks. Take faith risks. It's, it's one of the most incredible things that I can ever impart to a person who desires to lead in God's kingdom. And as with all the values, we wrote a subtext under it to give somewhat of a meaning to it. The title again, Take Faith Risks. Here's the subtext. Our faith in God acts boldly and fearlessly in the midst of life's impossibilities. It does whatever it takes to reach and rescue people because faith works through love. Let me say it again. Our faith in God acts boldly and fearlessly in the midst of life's impossibilities. It does whatever it takes to reach and to rescue people because faith works through love. So let me start with the first part that I want to hopefully impart to you that will help you as a leader take steps of great faith risk. Number one is this. Faith makes the impossible practical. Let me say it again. Faith makes the impossible practical. Jesus said in Mark 9.23 to a man who was in an impossible situation with his child. He said to him, if you can believe or have faith, all things are possible to him who believes or has faith. Walking by faith and not by sight literally makes the impossibilities of this world practical because impossibilities are practical with God. And as with all the values, I want to take you into the, the onset of when these, this value was most, I guess, introduced into the way that we've led Victory Family Church. As we talked in, in, last, in last month's podcast, surrendering to the Holy Spirit and pertaining to, to, to guidance, it takes faith to surrender because faith acts independently of circumstances. Thus, we walk by faith and not by sight. We aren't governed by our circumstances, governed by what we feel, governed by our past. We're governed by what God said. And what I want to help you to see is that you will never, ever fulfill the full orb, if you will, the full circumference of God's will for your life independently of walking by faith. 
If you need permission from your five physical senses, permission from uh, people, a group of people, permission from your past, permission from your future, to honor and act in faith to obey God, you will never get where he called you to be because it's only faith that pleases God because it demands an understanding of his faithfulness and his love. Let me give you an example of how we experience this. You know, when years ago when we were in our very first building that we had built and we had outgrown it, I began to look for other property and thinking, okay, we're going to have to move. We're out of space here. There's nothing more we can do. A family in the church came to me, and they offered us land outside of Cranberry Township. It was a 90-plus acre farm. And they said, "Uh, Pastor, we'd like to give this to Victory so that the church can be built there, and we'll give it to you. Now, my pastoral response was, wow, that's fantastic. Let's pray about it. But inside, I was going, what's to pray about? It's free. Now, it was very difficult to get there over the river and through the woods, so to speak, but it was free. So I actually wasn't going to pray about it. I was just in a time of just my devotional time thanking God for the land. Every time I would thank God for that property, my heart would, would convict me. And I knew inside something was wrong. And I began to say, Lord, what is it about the land? I'm thinking maybe there's an obstacle or whatever. And what the Holy Spirit dealt with my heart about, it actually made me feel depressed when I clearly understood it. And here's what he spoke to my heart. He said, get me the land that Walmart wants. Now, if, if you think that through, we had a church at the time, maybe four or 500 people. Walmart land is the most expensive land in your town. At that time, Walmart was the most profound uh, company in the, in, in the United States of America. It was, it was, and it's still massive. And he said, I want you to trust me for the land Walmart wants. And I was like, this is crazy. I really felt depressed. I went to the family, thanked them, and I began to look for only land that Walmart would want. Faith must act. Faith must look at the impossible and act like it's practical. Finally, when we we walked on 64 acres on the north side of Cranberry, the property is bordered literally by by Route 19 and Interstate 79. And it's 64 acres, and it costs $2.4 million just for the land. And if it was going to be developed, I found later, it would cost another $2.5 million. $5 million, you don't have a building yet. We have 400 people. You're out of your mind to do that. The impossibility. What I've learned about walking with God is that when he, you truly follow him to the scale of his heart for humans, it will take you quickly into the realm of what's impossible with men. Now, I don't have time to go through all this, but it was such an amazing journey of the faithfulness of God. But like all things, there are always obstacles, and some of them seem so overwhelming at times that you think there's just there's no way that God himself can't do this, is how it feels. We had moved to where we had finally, we bought the land, and we had developed the land, and, and then the financial systems collapsed. At the, I think about 2008 or nine, whenever that was. And the banks wouldn't loan us a penny. I mean a penny. They said, we're done. There's no, you can't get any more money. The bank began to make demands about the construction and began to place on us before they would loan us any money for the $8 million building, of which we were still raising money for. They said, here's some conditions. 
the current building that you're in has to sell first. That's like living in your house, and the bank says you have to sell your home while the other one hasn't even started construction yet. That's impossible. And then the out parcels that we had developed to sell to fund the construction of the property, if you will, the development of the property. Those out parcels, they said, all of them have to sell first, which basically meant it's impossible. And I mean it was impossible. So much so, I began to have people come to me and say, this is crazy. You have to change this. This is going, it's going to bankrupt. I had officials from the township that we're in come and pull me aside and say, Pastor, you, actually, they call me Reverend, which I, I know they don't know me if they call me that. You don't understand. What you guys are trying to, I'm telling you, they knew the circumstances. This is a large piece of ground in Cranberry Township. The township is deeply involved. And they put, one guy pulled me aside, I'm sure by, with instruction. You, you guys can't do this. It's impossible. You know, it's going to take 10 years to sell these out parcels. And they told me where the township was moving. And he was right. And so here's what I told him. Remember, take faith risks. I said to him, I said, don't worry about it. I've got inside information. He said, well, what do you mean? I said, I've got inside information. He said, well, pastor, you know, look, you have to run these plans through the township. And so what are those, what's going on? I said, well, I said, it's confidential. I've I've got, it's, I've I've got, there's just inside information. I've got some inside information. (laughs) He goes, you have to tell me. I said, it's confidential. I can't. You said, well, what was your inside information? And here's all it was. And I mean this. Inside, here's what I kept saying. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Here's how I prayed. Lord, this isn't my building. This isn't my ministry. This is your church, not mine. You have a problem. I labor together with you. You said you want it. We got it. Now, here's the obstacle. I don't have a clue. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And he thought somebody that we had a private deal worked out, which we really didn't. But other than knowing. Now, even had individuals come to me and say, we can't keep coming here if you're going to go forward. Because they thought it was irresponsible. I remember saying to actually two of those people, and and, and I care deeply for them to this day. I remember saying, you know, um, gosh, you're right. I don't disagree with anything you're saying or feeling. But here's the deal. Someday I'll be dead and I'll stand before God. And I can't look at at a nail-scarred Savior and tell him that I couldn't do what he said to do because you said it was impossible or I felt it was impossible. I said, you can't stand before Jesus on that day and bear my judgment. I can't stand before him and fear have been what led me in my life. I'm, and I meant this sincerely. I'm fine if this fails. I can honestly stand before God and say, Lord, I know I blew this somehow, but you know I was trying to reach people at the level of what you told me to do. I messed it up, and I'm sorry. I said, but I'm okay with that. But I cannot stand before a Savior who died for me and tell him that it was impossible when he told me all things are possible, if you'll just trust me. And, and that, was not a, that was a very difficult time. Within two months of those conversations, another church bought our church while we were in it and let us lease it back to them. All of the out parcels sold. And I'm talking to you about taking faith risks. The wonderful guy that was helping us with construction, he's a part of our church today. 
he came and he's, he's going to put all the out parcels on the market. And he said, okay, we're going to ask, to, I think, $2.4 million. And they were about to go out. The email was going to go out. And I remember calling him the night before because in prayer I said, I believe we need to ask $3.5 million. And he explained to me as a real estate person, you're going to price this out of the market. It's going to be, it's almost impossible to sell them at 2.4. I said, oh, no, I understand that. I said, but this is something I know God put in my heart. He said, all right, I'll change the numbers around. And he did. Now, what ended up happening is a group came in and ended up buying all of them at one time. This all happened within two months of this collapse, so if you will, and bought all of them, not for the original 2.4 asking, but $3.35 million. And the entire thing was paid off. The land was paid off and the land development. And, and, and now the other church is sold. We are now able to move forward. Take faith risks. Now, the coolest thing I think out of all of it was this. Before we built construction, I get a phone call one day before we put the first building up. And it's a broker for Walmart. At that time, Cranberry was going to build their super Walmart. And he called me and he said, Reverend, I understand your church owns such and such a property. I said, yes, we do. He said, uh, I, I'm a broker for, super, for, for Walmart, and we'd like to uh, talk to you about buying the entire property. I said, well, it's not for sale. He said, everything is for sale. Everything has a price. I said, no, you don't know my boss. I said, it's not for sale. And, uh, and kind of you know, joked a little bit back and forth. And, uh, and, 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 and we get off the phone. And I remember when I hung that phone up, these words resonated in my heart. Get me the land Walmart wants. What is it that is in front of you that if you will yield to the voice of his spirit and his word and take faith risks, that on the other side of it are the lives of human beings that Jesus died for, being rescued from an eternity without him. As we wind this down, I want to encourage you to remember this about faith risks. When you do, it will make you bold. It will make you fearless. It will empower you to take risk because faith works by love and love empowers risk. It's, it's why you do what you do for your children if you have them. You would never do for someone, other, uh, someone, your neighbor's kids down the road, what you do for your own. The risk you take, the expense you take, come on. You would never consider it. But love compels you. The love of God compelled God to give the greatest gift ever known to humanity, his son. And when I take faith risks, I am yielding to that love for humanity. And all of heaven will back it up. Because faith makes you bold and fearless, and it never asks for permission to act from the circumstances of life. When you take the time to read Hebrews 11, the Hall of Fame of Faith, it tells you a list of people that faced every imaginable circumstance and didn't bow their knee to it, but they pleased God. Remember this as a leader, as a Christian. At all times, we are either taking faith or fear risks at all times. Remember this about faith. Faith in him and what he said in his faithfulness. Faith projects God's presence into your future. Fear projects his absence. It's why faith pleases God. It demands that you trust his love and faithfulness. Fear tells me to bow my knee and say that my God isn't faithful. Faith projects his presence and his 
if you will, his resource and his, his absolute faithfulness into your tomorrow. I want to encourage you to take faith risks in your obedience to God. What is the next step in your calling? That circumstances has put up a wall. Maybe it's coming out of COVID. I don't know what it is. What has told you no that you've listened to, that you've humbled yourself before, that you've exalted above what God has said? I would encourage you to take a faith risk. If you know you've heard from heaven, if you know it's your next step, trust him. As imperfectly as you do it, heaven shows up. Let me close by telling you one last thing that God put in my heart that requires more of a faith risk than perhaps anything I've done in my life. Over these next years, as we wisely transition this to the next generation, my influence will remain, but in a very different way. God has put it in my heart, and I know we're called to do it, and I knew it from day one. I didn't know the scope or the details, but to help plant with others, 1,000 churches in the Northeast. And I think that threw in my mind, and I think, Lord, that's crazy. But you have to start with obedience. And I said, I'll obey you. I don't know what to do. Now, we're taking some steps right now, but those steps will be insufficient. It's like a squirt gun to a bonfire. But heaven will show up because Jesus is the only hope of the world. The local church, therefore, is the only hope of the world. And the God of heaven said he wants a thousand churches in the Northeast. And I mean life-giving churches. As God gives us the grace along with others to see this come to pass, by definition, that is a great awakening. I want to encourage you. Let him lead you, guide you, and direct you. Take faith risks. You'll never, ever, ever regret it. A while back when I was sharing with our church this this, this God dream, if you will, envisioned to help plant 1,000 churches in the Northeast. They won't be under our auspices or control or even our name. It, it's not like that. It's going to be to empower others to do it and to help fund it. There's a lot behind it. I remember sharing it, and, and they put it on our, my Instagram, this little clip of the weekend. And something very interesting happened. As I was sharing it, I watched this little clip. When I began to talk about the 1,000 churches, I closed my eyes. I don't close my eyes typically when I speak. And the entire time I talked about it, my eyes were closed. And it hit me. If you're going to walk by faith and not by sight, if you're going to take faith risks, if you're going to fight the battles that matter for time and eternity, sometimes you have to close your eyes to see it. I didn't even know I did it, but I physically closed my eyes so I could see out of my heart. And I know that every one of you have a calling to touch the world. In whatever place and scale, I pray that you'll yield to the God that loves you so desperately. For if this world ever needed God's people to walk by faith and not by sight, in humility yielding to his great grace, it's now. Please know I'm praying for you. I hope these six values have helped you to be able to walk your journey out and your calling out in the kingdom. God bless you. I look forward to seeing you next month. Thanks again for tuning in to the John Nuzo Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to rate, review, and share this podcast on iTunes. It's a great way to get the word out and to help others grow as leaders. We'll see you back here next time for another episode of the John Nuzo Leadership Podcast.